Hello and welcome to In The Pocket, Across The Pond, UK-based NFL fantasy football podcast. I'm Alex Brindle, as usual this week. I'm joined by Lewis Brindle and Alex Sharples to chat some fantasy pre-season. We talk about some news that Jonathan Taylor trade request plus the running back market. How's it all looking? We'll then talk about the draft, some tips that we have in general, some tips that we have for this year, as well as some ADP values that we want to give you, players to look out for in your drafts. Lads, I have been watching uh, the new Netflix quarterback show. I mean, a couple episodes in, two and a half to be specific. You've been I, watching it? I try it? and save the Marcus Mariota segment so <laughs> when I'm going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when you want to cry. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I think I've watched uh, half an episode since we last spoke. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I like. I really like the Pat Mahomes bit. I'm not sure sure why I stopped watching it. Uh, the last time I stopped watching it, but I've not watched it since. And it's good, but may also maybe that's that's speaks volumes about it. I don't know. I don't. You're I, a bit I, more I, fresh to it than me. I, I've just not had chance. Yeah, I, I I watched a few episodes and I do get when I, when I get going on them, I do want to watch the next one and the next one because it's got that like hard knocks before you get to episode three and it's boring, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. sort of thing. Hard no- I, I found yeah. hard knocks yeah. uh, as someone who's not grown up watching hard knocks. I found the Rams and Chargers one quite fascinating. The mm. one that were over COVID, the COVID one, yeah. and then strangely, the year after being Dallas Cowboys fans, I found the Dallas oh, yeah. Cowboys one extremely boring. Yeah, yeah, that was really disappointing. I don't know. Yeah, true. Have you, you watched quarterback season series, Sharples? Yeah, I've been watching it. Um, still, the most mind blowing thing to me, which I text you about immediately, is is Kirk Cousins quoting Thatcher. I'm still, yeah. I'm still not over that. Chill out with that. Oh, Kirk Cousins is Lombardi. <laughs> no, Lombardi that shell. <laughs> that's the biggest. That's the biggest like ooh that you've ever heard. He's he's builder of his house. Putting in a space in his trophy room for a Lombardi trophy. Um, I mean, I just found it funny that what's currently standing there as well is a mannequin with like the Vikings away kit from three years ago on it as well. Like, yeah, that, yeah, it's just it's just best get used to be in there. It best get used to be in there. It's yeah. a good show though. I am enjoying it. To be fair, just wanted to get your thoughts on that up top, guys, because it's something that I'm enjoying. But. Let's uh, let's jump into some news because we're recording on the 31st of July. This is some of the biggest news that's happening right now. Um, starting off with Jonathan Taylor trade trade request. This came out of nowhere. Yeah. on Saturday night. Well, it didn't. It didn't really because. Well, I, well maybe I had just didn't have my ear to the ground with this thing because, and I didn't see it till the morning. And by all accounts, neither did you two. Because when I I, I tried ringing you, Lou, mm. uh, and I saw it, and yeah, I, like I said, maybe I maybe I took it for granted that Jonathan Taylor was just going to be a cult. Yeah, no, so so what happened was, right, 
unhappy about how his contract negotiations were going. He's still on his rookie deal. Um, some shots fired by Jonathan Taylor's agent on Twitter. X. On X. Over on X. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, which led to, led to Colts owner Jim Irsay chirping back with... And this is this is the quote that you, you might have already heard. If I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor is out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on, we know that. The National Football League rolls on. It doesn't matter who comes and who goes, and it's a privilege to be part of it. Now, Why this... did I see that quote without the Jonathan Taylor bit? I didn't realise the Jonathan Taylor bit. What are you talking yeah, he about? Name drops him, full name. Not JT, not... Um, what number yeah, is he? Tonight and Jonathan Taylor is 15. Yeah, 15? not 1 5. Um, so obviously, this rubbed Taylor the wrong way and his, <laughs> and his agent even further the wrong way, and then a trade request was submitted. <laughs> now, I don't necessarily agree with the statement that this guy's saying, but you know, I feel like I know what Jim Mercy's trying to say from his point of view, um, but he's worded it very stupidly and condescendingly, and it's, it's pissed. Taylor and his agent off, and they've submitted like, a trade feel, request. But also, I feel like maybe in the grand scheme of things, like of every single person on the planet, then the people who won't miss Jonathan Taylor outweigh the people who will miss him. But if we're talking about football fans and fancy players, which is the context that we are dealing in, then what's he talking about? Yeah, yeah exactly. He's one of the best players in the league, of course. It's one of the... In the community of people mm. that pay to watch your games and, and go to your sport and play fantasy, well, yeah, of course that message, we're going to miss him. Maybe not Jim Mercer because we don't see the only... It's, just, really uh, it's just bad all over for the Colts as well because the, the messier this is, you always see it, Like it just drives down the value, gets to the point where it can't be fixed and suddenly you're taking a seventh round pick in four years or whatever to you yeah, know, true. Off your hands. exactly um but yeah, I don't know, yeah I, jim ursay has been doing some weird stuff these past couple of, yeah, i mean he says from, he, from the pat mcavee yeah. stories like he's already been you know he, he was sort of like that rich guy eccentric like he knew he was a bit crackers but some of these decisions recently like appointing jeff saturday and stuff yeah, someone might yeah, need to check in on him he yeah. doesn't says a lot of um yeah, but I would like to second things. that. Well, Jim Irsay, yeah, no one would miss you, but we would miss one of the best players in the league, actually. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, the Colts have said that they're not trading him. Full stop. I don't yeah, think. I don't think he's going to be traded because there is obviously, you know, the running back market free agency is is pretty decent at the minute. They're not trading him until but someone not. gives them an offer. Which they would trade Jonathan Taylor for is what yeah. they're saying. No, no yeah. player in the entire league is untradeable. Yeah, <laughs> let me just tell you this: if someone came to the Chiefs yeah. and said, if the Ravens came to the Chiefs and said, "We'll give you Lamar Jackson and our next five first round picks," do you really think the Chiefs are going to say, "No, you're okay, Patrick Mahomes"? Six, seven first round picks. Yeah, and you, you no, but I know, I know that's absurd, and it would never happen. And it speaks to how great Mahomes is that they probably wouldn't do that. But all I'm saying is, no one's untradeable. They're just no one's going to give them what they want for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, true. So just keep tabs on that. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think this will get mended. Um, if anything, it's just given Taylor more leverage to be like, no, you've given me a reason to sit out. Pay me. Um, but yeah, moving on to another running back, Saquon Barkley. Um, 
signed a one-year 10.1 million deal with the Giants, two million signing bonus, but without a no franchise tag provision. So they're probably going to franchise tag him next year. This will be the same story again. Um, the deal that he's signed is essentially the same money as a franchise tag, but with 900k in incentives that he can earn. You know, I think it's like something like 1,350 rushing yards and stuff like that. Um, this just shows me that he obviously wanted to play, and he's worked out a deal which, obviously, in the grand scheme of things that you know all these running backs are talking about, isn't the best. But it's a way that he can obviously settle his mind and play happily with. Obviously, that two million signing bonus is is probably what pushed it over the edge. Um, I'm happy. This means for me, this means that Barkley's in now. He's playing. He's all in. So he can go right back up my rankings. Um, I mean, what do you reckon of this deal, Sharples? Is it pointless? Yeah, I don't, I don't really get it from either side because if you're the Giants and like you're going to do the deal, then why not do it before the deadline and save yourself all the hassle that came along with it? And then from Barkley's point of view, if you couldn't get the deal agreed, presumably because they weren't giving you what you want, is this really what you wanted or have you just panicked? So, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess from his point of view, he's going to treat it like a show it year. Go, you know, he has to go and sort of smash it. Because to, to be fair, I mean, we've not really seen true Saquon since, obviously, right at the start of his career when he was mint, but he hasn't, he hasn't been quite back to that guy yet. So... You know, if you can go out this year and do it, then maybe he's in for a big, a big payday somewhere else. But I think probably after this season, he'll be, he'll be moving on from the Giants. Yeah, true. If they're not going to pay him the money next year, because I think Barkley's going to have a pretty decent year again. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I've, I've said that out of Barkley and Jacobs, I think Barkley's the one that doesn't hold out. I don't think. I'd be super surprised if Saquon Barkley was it Rush for thirteen hundred and fifty. Rush, all I think Rush for thirteen fifty. No, I don't think so. Well, he well, yeah. Rush for thirteen hundred last year, and his usage was pretty mental last year. Um, yeah, I don't think he gets to thirty. Thirteen hundred and fifty is a lot. Of rush I know. Players. Yeah, they've made these sort of they've made these incentives pretty high, but uh, but yeah. Um, Little little fun bit of this is Le'Veon Bell's comments on the situation, um, which I agree with. Um, he's talking about he doesn't understand how they've chucked forty million a year at a bottom tier quarterback in Daniel Jones, and they have one of the best top tier running backs in the league, and can't be bothered paying him. Which is a valid point. Obviously, you're not going to pay a running back forty million, but Daniel Jones had a hell of a contract, and I still think that's a bad contract for that quarterback. Um, but it's just a you know, it's true. No, I mean he's not a he's he's not a franchise quarterback, and you've paid him like he is a franchise quarterback. That's just going to put a chain around them for the next five years or however it is, unless he suddenly finds a you know genie with three wishes or whatever. Because we we've seen he's just not that guy. But maybe that's the way the market's going. I don't know. I think I think for me, I'd have rather paid Saquon for a couple of years and gone looking down the draft for a for someone else to take. But who knows. I would agree with that as well. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, though, Justin Herbert has become the highest per year salary earner in the league. Signed a five-year, two hundred sixty-two point five million dollar extension with the Chargers, fifty-two point five million a year. I love Justin Herbert. I think he's an incredible player. Has he done 
anything to deserve that well, money. But this is all it's in all, terms of wins. It's I don't all know. reporting, isn't it? Though? Yeah, it's all like smoke and mirrors because actually, the 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 fifty two point five million is the average per year of the extended years that he's added yeah, on. He's yeah. still got two years of a contract. It's not like a Lamar Jackson deal, which was like a fresh five years. Yeah, true, true. The actual average of what Herbert's going to make, including the two years that he still has left, is around about 42. Um, it's just the 52 on the added years that are the highest. But if, if, if this makes sense, he's actually, what he's real life going to make isn't, the highest yeah, ever. You know what I mean? I know. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's this whole thing about reporting and just trying to find like a kind of a, so you're saying a I, clickable so link or So you're something. saying I saw the hook. You saw the I hook. I was hook, hook line and sink. Yeah, you thought, saw the hook <laughs> and took it. You did exactly what they wanted the the the, the, the agent to do. The, you did exactly what the agent wanted you to do. Because, yeah, I mean, like I said, the, the years that had been added are uh, the 52.5, but including the two years that he's still got, the average of them. Yes. Yeah. Look, the average is only 42 million, okay, Lou? That's wow. all it is. It's a miracle I just know it's going to afford to play this year. He's going to have to have second-hand cleats. Yeah. Um, and well, yeah, I like it, mate. I like it. Yeah. Um, and just a quick one on the commanders. Uh NFL owners have unanimous, unanimously approved a $6.05 billion sale. Um, that organisation is out of the horrible, gross hands that it's been in for a long time. I mean, you know, it's a big, long, convoluted story, but the Washington Commanders have been in a horrible place for quite a while now. Fresh start for that organisation. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's decent news. And also, um, sorry, Lou, to interject. Just the the sale does also lead to a potential name change, which I think would also be a blessing for uh, current Washington fans. Because I thought the Commanders was about as uninspiring as it gets. Hmm. Weren't a fan of the Washington football team. I thought the Washington football team was better than the Commanders. It was better than the Commanders, and it was certainly better than the Redskins. But I mean, yeah. 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 I feel like I feel like they could have something. I've seen stuff like Red Wolves, Red Hogs. I feel like that's a bit more jazzy, with, while still in keeping with Washington's rustic aesthetic. True, yeah. Like you need to. I just feel like you need to. They're too close to the previous racial slur. That they I have. know. Yeah. I, I feel, feel like you need. I feel, I feel like, like you need to steer clear of anything uh, like in that region. To be honest, because because and it's so like tainted. Because they had it for so long, yeah. Um, that it was like to the point where the last season that they were wearing those helmets, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, it, it, it once once that sort of veil is lifted, it's like you yeah. do look back and think, wow. Yeah, it, at yeah. least it is a you know. I do feel like we're at a point where I do I do forget that that was the name. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, Moving on, injuries, Joe Burrow. What about the Capitals? What about the, ca- <laughs> the Wizards? The Washington Wizards, that's got a ring to it. Yeah, what do you think, Chapels? Beautiful, beautiful, original too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't sign Michael Jordan. Isn't there a Mike Jordan in the league? Which league? Um, NFL? Or is it an M? Have a look. Can't be an NBA. Pull that up. Pull that up. Mike Jordan. 
I'm pretty I sure. Mike Jordan, only one thing's going to come up. Yeah. Type in Mike Jordan NFL. NFL. Um, this is great stuff. Michael Jordan. No, Mike Jordan, I mean, cornerback. Not- cornerback. <laughs> yeah. See, I knew it. I knew. Mike Jordan plays for. Retired. Oh, he's retired. Out probably. of the league. For... Okay, fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> great stuff. Injuries, as we were saying. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Joe Burrow going to be out multiple weeks of a sprained calf didn't he miss last year training camp as well I don't know did you see the video I didn't see the video it's no. really innocuous he kind of just uh, he's kind of just uh, just running in a straight line <laughs> pretty much right. and then he just starts limping uh, which is always a bad sign he's just rolling out um I you you'd like to think that it's one of those where it was a game he'd have played on, but he's training camp, so he feels a little tweak and uh, and 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 gets out of there. But yeah, not feels a little tweak. Not good, but I think I'm pretty sure he did miss last year as well. I don't. Obviously, it's not ideal, but I don't think this is a hindrance to Burrow. I mean, or, unless you know, with a calf. I mean, there's no there's not like ligament or anything back there really. Is there? Like, it's not like an you know no. it's not like a knee or an ankle injury. So you'd hope Soft-ish. it's just a muscle strain really. Yeah, true. Um, you know, obviously you, you'd want them to be there in the off-season grinding and working, but as long as this doesn't spill over into any of the real, um, you know, when we're getting close to the season, it should be fine. What isn't fine is Kadiris Tony and his knees because he's had surgery on one of them again, partially, partially torn meniscus. Out indefinitely, like the Chiefs aren't saying when he's going to be back. I'm going nowhere near him because the guy, as insanely talented talented as he looks, like he just the guy's body just is. You see these guys, the bodies just sometimes aren't made to play the game. And this is, you know, so many injuries for Kadaris Tony now. I am, yeah, I'm out completely. Mm. Ow. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I was already kind of. Resigned to the fact that he his role in the Kansas City team as this Kansas City team play um, would be just kind of like you don't want to say bit part, but there's a lot of moving pieces in that mm-hmm. Kansas City offense, and I don't think anyone would be like Tyreek Hill. Uh, well, I yeah. mean, you've got Kelsey as the number one uh, receiver, but yeah, um, you, you you see the highlight reel of Tony, particularly like a game that he had for the Giants against the Cowboys a few years ago. And the prospect of him being at the Chiefs was always one that kind of was super juicy. But, uh, yeah, I don't see myself drafting him, to be honest. Yeah, true. Um, And just another one, just because I think this is somewhat relevant um, to fantasy. Jalen Ramsey, he's going to miss most of the season with the tall meniscus. Um, Jalen Ramsey's like, he's... Got to that age now where he's still a decent defensive player, not obviously what he used to be, but he would have given something to that Dolphins defense, and that is a bit of a definitely a bit of a hit for him. Um, he's going to be back in December, which is like lad, that just set the whole season. Um, but yeah, so on a lighter note, did anyone see uh, the videos that were going around this week of uh, the Buccaneers quarterback? Uh, battle at training camp. Do I want to? Look it up. 
<laughs> what happens? Well, so, Sheffles, did you have the pleasure of seeing this? Uh, I'm not even sure who the battle is. I know, obviously, Baker Mayfield's there. Who's he battling with? So it's Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, right? And it's 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 amazing because it's like it's four throws back to back, two by Mayfield and two by Trask. So Mayfield completely overthrows a receiver, and then Trask comes in and you're like, yes, right, no, like you know, he gets the ball straight away, just launches it, absolutely zips it a yard in front of his wide receiver. So then they move over to another portion. Trask has it, zips one in, again, a yard ahead of his receiver. Mayfield, it's like, right, let's let's balance this out now. Let, let's get someone receiving the ball. Mayfield completely overthrows, like Chris Godwin or something. He's like, they can't, they couldn't hit a band or uh, with a banjo, these guys. Like, it's amazing. And that's in training without Aaron Donald charging at you you know that that is one you know you expect nothing less from the hottest quarterback competition in the league it is the hottest quarterback competition in the league um, it's a great we, video we... I mean we, we to be fair like last week we were lamenting about oh Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are so low down in ADP maybe maybe everyone else knew some of that we didn't maybe they've been watching the live streams of Baker Mayfield throwing a football yeah yeah, yeah. honestly just oh, it's a complete just complete airball, really. That's like the right phrase. I know that she's in basketball, but he's a complete like he's. You couldn't have a more wide open receiver than a guy who's just running up a field in training yeah, with yeah. no one it's around. Like, him. It's like those videos you saw. You always see like every draft season. I remember seeing some of Malik Willis like just throwing an absolute like sixty yard bomb to a receiver <laughs> on an empty field, and everyone's going mental. It's yeah, like, chill. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, sorry. Did we mention last week that Josh Jacobs has flown out of Las oh. Vegas with no view of returning? A one-way uh, ticket, and yeah. there was a, a kind of a, a, a crisis running back group call where they kind of talked about the the state of running backs and what they should do. Uh, and Saquon Barkley immediately then went and put pen to paper on a new deal, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and Rogers taking a a huge old pay cut just to stick it to the Packers a bit more as well. <laughs> yeah, all good stuff. Lads, let's talk about some draft tips that we didn't get a chance to do last season because obviously we missed the draft uh, for our first episode last year. We just want to basically give some tips and maybe some tricks or some strategies that that we have kind of implemented in our own drafts or what we've seen, trends that we've noticed since we've been playing fantasy and what works, what doesn't work, especially if it's your first or second fantasy draft and you're listening to this. It can be daunting seeing all those names of some players that you might not know, um, but we're just going to throw you some draft tips for you to keep in mind, for you to note down, uh, either in in the weeks or days leading up to your draft, if you just want to have them on hand during your draft, that's fine. I'm going to start us off really quickly with a couple of quick ones. I would say, in general, don't be blinded by names, big names. You know, I remember when we were first playing fantasy, Odell Beckham was the big name. Odell Beckham has never really been amazing for fantasy football. You know, just because you know these players' names doesn't necessarily mean you need to reach for them in your draft. And that 
as well goes hand in hand with this idea of studying ADP, average draft position, or considering average draft position uh, on the format that you're playing, whether that's ESPN or Sleeper, you know, especially junior draft if you're new. You want to kind of gauge the average draft position. You want to know, well, oh, I really like uh, Pat Mahomes. I re- he's one of my favorite players. I've got the number one pick in my draft. I'm going to pick Pat Mahomes. Well, here's the thing. You probably don't need to. Or, or maybe Mahomes is a bad example. Lamar Jackson, you don't need to. You don't need to reach for these big-name players if you look at your ADP. You know, I've been in so many drafts with people who don't play fantasy that often, and you'll see... Tom Brady go first overall, a Justin Fields go first overall, mm. you know, a, a, a Mike Evans go in the second round because he's a big name. It's like you can still get these players you love and not reach for them super early. So just have a look at the ADP of the format that you're playing in and consider where you think you can get some players that you like. Yeah. Lou? I mean, one of mine's pretty simple, but it's like do it yourself, DIY. You know, make your own rankings, do your own research. If you have a feeling about a player, go with it. You know, a lot of the fun of fantasy football is calling your shot on players and being right, you know. Um, So don't be afraid to do that. You know, if there's a player that you like, if all of your research adds up, bump him up your draft board and draft him. And then at the end of the season, when it's not right and you drafted Cortland Sutton everywhere, (laughs) you know, people can point and laugh at you. But if it's a different situation than that and you got something right, then, you know, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. So I would say do it yourself, you know, win at fantasy football your way. Yeah. Shuffles? Yeah, just for me, uh, you know, practice and get comfortable with, with mock drafts. I mean, you know, you can download the Sleeper app, which is the one I use for my practice, even though it's not our official league. But you can you can whip up a mock draft room uh, with the exact circumstance of your league, number of people in it, the rules, if it's PPR, half PPR. And you can do a full mock draft in five minutes. And for me, what I like to do is because we haven't announced who's going to be picking where, I'll just do as many as I can, pick at a random point each time, whether I'm number one overall or I'm number 12 overall, doesn't matter. Get comfortable at each position. Then you'll know who's going to fall to you, who you might need to reach up for. And for me, it's just about being comfortable practicing and just knowing that draft like the back of your hand obviously some stuff's going to pop up someone might get trigger happy someone might take lamar jackson first overall uh, like an al scenario you got to be ready for that but if you've practiced if you've done all your mock drafts in your different positions you'll just get a feel for where people are dropping where you can sneak those values um and it, it just makes you feel better going into it because you know fail to prepare prepare to fail yeah, yeah i agree and i feel like all of three points there are like they all work really well together because, yeah. you know, just like we're talking about with, like, you might be in a league with some people who just snatch at the big name. If you've made your own rankings, you know, all these players are going to fall to you. And you're like, you're going to... I was in a league last year where, yeah, I, the, the league that you mentioned of a guy who took Justin Fields first overall and all this, all, all this sort of really strange stuff that you wouldn't usually get then if you have your own rankings you're not just going off you know you're not just getting value in whatever adp on the site that you're using you're getting value on all you're getting all of your favorite players like that you know if you have your if you you have your own tiers and your own rankings like it just gives you like a sort of x-ray vision through through those drafts really yeah yeah i mean 
I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some things that are not important in your fantasy draft right now. Suspended or injured players, leave them. Leave them out. I don't care how good you think the player is. Don't be drafting a suspended or injured player. And maybe unless you've got an IR spot and pick up an injured player towards the end of your draft. But don't be looking at these suspended or injured players because that's just dead wood. Especially suspended players, it's just dead wood on your bench for a few weeks. Defence or kickers, if you play with kickers, not important. I don't care how amazing you think the Eagles defence is going to be. You do not pick the Eagles defence, who I imagine they're going number one this next year. You don't pick the Eagles defence until your last pick of the draft. They've probably already gone. Some idiot's yeah. probably taken them in the eighth round or something. In the, the amount of value that you can still get, especially wide receiver, in the eighth, ninth, tenth rounds, the amount of uh, shots that you can take on high upside players in the later rounds, do not waste those later round picks on defence or kickers because you will be changing them out weekly. No, and also um, I think, just to add on to that, Al, if someone in your league is doing that, like you say, I think we've had it a couple of times, you'll, you'll see it and someone gets trigger happy and thinks, oh, well, I've got my starting eight men or whatever, now I'm going to pick my defence. All that does is just leave gaps in that juicy eighth, ninth round, and that means value for you. So if you see it, great, take advantage of it and pick that yeah. nice little sleeper wide receiver that that guy's missed. Let it happen. Let it happen, mm. you know. I mean, I often draft... Like, I look at my team, I look at who I've got, but I want the best player on the board. You'll have someone in your draft who's going, okay, I've got all my positions set, and then I need a defense and a kicker in the 10th round. Mm -hmm. So I've got all my... No, no, no. I'll draft four wide receivers, five wide receivers before I draft quarterback sometimes, you know. Mm -hmm. Just draft... Draft who you want to draft, but don't put any value on defence and kicker is what I would strongly say and don't look at bye weeks who cares about bye weeks <laughs> you, bye weeks will come and go you will figure it out as they come do not draft with bye weeks in mind yeah. there's no point doing that because um, then if you do that you might not realise that you've missed out on an amazing stack I know I'm looking to stack Tua and Tyreek Hill this year spoilers guys Um <laughs> If I'm just looking at bye weeks, oh, these players have got the same bye weeks. Oh, yeah, because they're on the same team. Mm. No, don't look at bye weeks. As for this year, I just want to mention some draft tips for this year. These were just general draft tips. This year, 2023, um, to me, I don't know about you two, but I think there's value in waiting at quarterback this year. You know, you can take one of those top quarterbacks if you want. You know, you're guaranteed points with Allen, Mahomes, uh Lamar Jackson, um, Jalen Hurts. But I think, you know, you go and get yourself a Herbert, a, a Lawrence, a Tua, as I've just mentioned, in the, in the mid to late rounds, uh, and, and you're going to be set at quarterback, and you're not paying a very, very high price, and you can still get a stud running back, stud wide receiver in those positions. I think there's value in... Wait, let's just say wait until after those first four quarterbacks. I would urge people to wait, because as amazing as the F of Fantasy... The price is so high for those top four. You, again, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, Hurts. The price is so high. I would I would urge people to wait for them. And um, I would say get a stud running back and then wait and find value. What I'm going to be looking to do in my draft is draft a running back with my first two picks. Then I'm probably not going to draft a running back for the until 
the fifth round or something, you know, because I just think the value isn't there compared to the wide receivers uh, that are in those kind of earlier rounds. So I'm going to try and secure a stud running back in those first two rounds so that I can load up on those really good wide receivers, I think, is what I'm going to plan on doing. What about you two? Do, do any of you have kind of some some specific draft tips for this season? Um, I agree with you about getting an elite talent early, but for me this year, I think it's more about the wide receiver. I think okay. for me, there's yeah. there's a top yeah. six guys with the wide receivers that are just in a, in a sort of tier of their own. Obviously, there's still levels within that tier, but... Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, and Devontae Adams. And then for me, there is... A, obviously, there's still good players below that, but for me, there's a reasonably big, reasonably big drop-off there. So for this year, I'm looking to try and get one of those guys. I mean, if you can somehow come away with a Tyreek Hill and a Devontae Adams again in a second, I think you're laughing. And it ties in with what you said, Al. For me, there's a nice ju- juicy pool of running backs around that fourth, fifth, and sixth region where I'm happy to fill up mm-hmm. and 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 take take three running backs in a row there. Um, so I think we've similar analysis there, but in, interpreting the facts a bit different. Uh, but but yeah, I think yeah. Wh- despite it, whether you go for a, a, an early running back or an early wide receiver, um, that that sort of middle portion around the fifth is is nice for running backs there. So at least get your running back two there um, if you've already taken one early on. Yeah, interesting, just dead quick, we're going to get into it in our uh, next episode, which hopefully will be a pretty quick turnaround, where we're going to come at you with some rankings. Um, I was put a man on St. Brown, I don't want to delve into this too much, because obviously we'll get into it, as I said, next episode, but I would definitely put a man on St. Brown in that top tier of wide receivers, Sharples, just saying. Had him last year, loved him, he was injured a reasonable amount. <laughs> okay, Luke... Uh, for me this season, I've found myself being more cautious. Um, just in terms of injured players, players who are in new situations or players who have had you know missed seasons uh, recently. Um, so I feel like I, I've been going more for the known commodities. Um, not that I'm you know staying away from those guys altogether, but. The down in my rankings compared to where they are in ADP. So, for example, injured players, you know, Brees Hall, John A. Williams, these guys who the stats show that the injuries that they had, it takes a year at least to get back to 100%. So I'm bumping them down. I'm, bu- I'm bumping Brees. It's not like, I, you know, of course I would still pick Brees Hall over, you know, James Conner, J.K. Dobbins, these guys who are going, you know, a couple of rounds later than him. But I'm bumping him down in terms of the guys he would be usually going around, just because again the the stats are, are there, the the research is there, and it shows that you know these injuries, you know, catastro- catastrophic, catastrophic knee injuries, um, they take a year to come back from, um, and that production does slip in the first year back. Also, you know, players like Calvin Ridley. I'm not too high up on because I want to I want to see it to believe it. You know. That, I mean, that might be a foolish way to play it, but I'm going to pick guys who I know are reliable and who I've seen be good for fantasy football. Not that I'm going to, you know, that, and that doesn't mean that I'm I'm just going to pick, you know, Derek Henry, uh, Devontae Adams, uh, you know, all these guys who have been good for years. But it's those, I'm trying to eliminate risk from my team. You know, that includes guys like Aaron Rodgers, who it's like, again, there's stats to show that 
especially with aging quarterbacks, most of the time when they go to new situations, the production dips slightly. Look at Russell Wilson last year, obviously extenuating circumstances there, but look at that. You know, that's why I'm. I'm yeah, my broader uh, point would be trying to eliminate risk this season from my from my drafts. Okay, playing it safe, playing it safe, Lou. Oh yeah, no more. Colson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Tim Patrick's going to be injured again. It looks like he's done his Achilles. So, oh no! Yeah, yeah, which is you know talk about bad luck. Um, but Colson number one. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, we're going to move on and finish off. Speaking of the draft, with some ADP values that we've got. Then this is off ESPN ADP. We find that a lot of I think the maybe the most popular fantasy um, app site in this country is the ESPN one. That's what our main league is on. So I think a good middle ground is just going off uh, ESPN ADP values. and and ESPN standard is PPR. So we'll be talking about PPR leagues here. Point yeah. of perception. Yeah. Um, we're going to give you two each. I'm going to go first because I'm cheating already. My first ESPN ADP draft value at the minute, looking at the live draft trends, is Jaguars wide receivers, specifically Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. So currently you've got Calvin Ridley's ESPN ADP 67 and Christian Kirk's 90. So we're talking way into the kind of the mid to late, later mid rounds there. Um, I suppose, firstly, the reason I want to make a case for these two players in general, the, this kind of wide receiver group in general, is Trevor Lawrence. You know, Trevor Lawrence has the upside, I believe, this season to support two fantasy-relevant wide receivers. Really, to predict this, you've got to look at attempts. If we look at the attempts uh, on the season of quarterbacks who support two fantasy-relevant wide receivers, then we see they need to be over that 600-attempt mark. Uh, you know, Burrow last season, 606. Herbert throughout his career, averaging 633. Brady in Tampa with Godwin and Evans, 610, 719, 733. Those are his three years. So, you know, we're also taking into consideration Doug Peterson and his coaching. You had Carson Wentz in his almost uh, MVP season around the 600 mark on average, obviously. How impressive does that look now? I know, yeah. (laughs) Goodness. Um, Lawrence throughout his career so far, he's shown that he can throw high volume. This past year, he threw... 584 attempts you know I think you can gamble on that number going up and being around the 650 mark or higher as this offense becomes more in sync and high powered I also expect Lawrence's touchdowns to surpass 30 this year basically I'm expecting a huge huge year from Trevor Lawrence so I think his wide receivers and the value is being seriously undervalued in this draft but of course the receivers themselves have to be good, which to me, in the case of Calvin Ridley, he really, really is. The last time we saw a full season from Calvin Ridley, he finished wide receiver four, 1,300 yards that season. Plus, if you talk about just people that pass the eye test, you're not going to see anyone run smoother or faster routes than Calvin Ridley. He's amazing to watch in practice and on the field. You know, if you're new to fantasy, you really should know that he was legit in Atlanta. He was a dude, seriously. Um, 
he's already seeming to develop a good rapport with Lawrence in preseason, and I know he's 28 now, and and there's an argument that Lou will make, you know, about the fact that he hasn't played in a long time. But I see that being baked into his ADP. You know, that's the reason why Ridley is going to be a value this year. You you just have to be the person to gamble on him. And in the sixth round, towards the end of the sixth round, I'm definitely going to be that person in my league. And Christian Kirk. So, yep, Zay Jones had a nice season last season, but clearly the team was more invested in Kirk. You can just see it by the number of targets he was getting, the money he's getting from the team compared to Jones. You know, Kirk had uh, 1,100 yards last year and finished wide receiver 18 in what was a true breakout year for a guy who showed flashes in Arizona. You know, I think Kirk's a nice deep threat, but he did his work in the slot. The slot accounted for 75% of his targets. That makes me think that the lack of vacated targets on this team and the adding of Ridley won't be a problem for Kirk because he's going to stay strong in that slot position. Um, And, you know, that wide receiver 32 ADP at the minute, you know, 90th overall, I'd be surprised if Christian Kirk doesn't end up at least a wide receiver 2. I like him a lot this year. I like the Jaguars a lot. I like Trevor Lawrence a lot. You know, the Jaguars have the easiest wide receiver strength of schedule, you know, uh, and they targeted the wide receivers in 64.2% of the throws last season, which led the league. They're going to be a really fun team. They're going to be a really good offense. Get these pieces while you can because they're going to be very valuable. Draft. Draft a Jaguars wide receiver, please. No. <laughs> Lou, go on then. What have you got first? First up, I, I'm going to go with a running back. I'm going to go with Cam Akers. Ooh, this guy's been, you know, he's been on the breakout lists, you know, for the past like couple of seasons. Everyone's pre-season, you know, notes and stuff like that. But I do think you can get him in a value this year. He's going as the running back 24. ADP is pick 78, which is in the sixth round in 12-team leagues. You know, and this is a guy who could be his team's lead running back. Um, a team, you know, in in the Los Angeles Rams that are going to be better this year, particularly offensively. Sonny Michelle, RIP, he's retired just the other day. Has he? Yeah. Sonny Michelle being gone does not affect anything. Five no. years in the league. I did not know he was on the team. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but that's just one more guy, you know, out of that backfield. Got a couple of chips uh, as think, well. Yeah, he has got a couple of chips. Sony Michelle, good career. You know, mm-hmm. call it a day, nice one. Um, I think this is Cam Akers' backfield to take. He's coming into the season off the back of a very good end to last year. He was the running back four over the last six weeks of the season. That's, you know, that's a third of the season. He was averaging 17 points a game, you know. Coming off a hot streak... Look like he's bulked up a bit. I don't know if you saw the interviews with him. The interviews are like, you know, have you put on, you know, some poundage? And he's like, yeah, big time. Which is point, a, what you I know. will say, sorry to interrupt, Luke, 17 points a season, a, a game um, over six weeks being the running back four also tells me that running backs were not good at the end of the season. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, that opens up a whole can of worms of like, mm. you know, if you're looking at the, the last truly dominant running back season was Christian McCaffrey like three years ago. If you're looking at points per game, like over 25 points per game and stuff, we've not had one of those seasons in a while, Mm. really. So 17 points per game, that's what the running back world is looking like at the minute, and that's good. 
really. Mm. Um, Which is why we say look at those wide receivers in rounds two, three, four, five. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, at, at that ADP in the sixth round, I'm more than happy taking a shot on here because um, because the payoff could be monumental at that price. Really, you, you know, sixth round, he isn't going to be your first running back off the board. Yet he could easily be your strong running back too. Uh, maybe running back one, definitely not. But maybe yeah. <laughs> strong, strong running back two um, for the season. I think it's a good, mm. a good bet to make on this value. Sharples, who have you got for us first? Uh, I'm also going to go the running back. He's going slightly uh, higher though. Uh, it's Damian Pierce, currently running back 17. Like it. Uh, ADP Love is it. about the 49, so uh, fourth round, fifth round pick, depending on how many uh, teams are in your league. Uh, and I'm just I'm just personally not worried about Devin Singletree coming in there. I, I know that's what uh, some people are worried about. You know, Singletree was a an okay running back in in Buffalo, um, and has the ability to take a couple of touchdowns away. But personally, I, I think Pierce is you know he, he's in that second year now. Um, had a had a good first season. Obviously, they read a little bit by injury. He's a young man. He's got all the physical attributes to be a to be a bell cow back. And I think they will think they will use him. Uh, I think as well. For me personally, he's got a higher upside than some people going ahead of him, like the likes of Najee Harris or Aaron Jones. Um, Brees Hall, we don't know what he's going to look like coming off the injury. Josh Jacobs isn't going to play a snap. Don't know about Jonathan Taylor. So, I mean, straight away, he's a top 10 running back right there, if you ask me. Um, but no, in all seriousness, I think he's got a really high upside. Needs to stay on the pitch, needs to get given the ball. Uh, but if those things happen, he's certainly a top 10 uh, running back for me, if not a little bit higher. Nice. Speaking of running backs and speaking of something that we just talked about, not drafting suspended players, if you were thinking of being sneaking your draft and picking up a few weeks of Ronald Jones while Tony Pollard is still finding his feet after the injury, think again. Ronald Jones just been suspended for the first two games of the season for violating NFL's PD policy. The dude had a chance to carve a role whilst in, in a time when I think it's going to be a bit of a slow start to the season for Tony Pollard. Unlucky Ronald Jones. What you That was at? breaking news and Cowboys talk all in one. Yeah. We we need we need two we need two kind of uh sound bites. One for Cowboys talk, one well, for just wait news. a minute, wait a maybe minute. Maybe one minute. maybe one for but when both are at the same time, breaking cowboys talk. <laughs> Break out, right. Wait a minute. If you if you just stay silent for two seconds, I'm sure one will arrive. Breaking news. There it was. (laughs) Excited to hear what that is. (laughs) Okay, and I'm going to keep this next one short and sweet. I'm going to go my second value pick, Tua. Um, I think Tua's going to have a really good season, provided he stays healthy. I'm going to take the gamble. See, I'm seeing that I'm gambling a bit more than Lewis. Lou's playing it safe. He's avoiding risk in his drafts. I'm not. I'm. I'm going for Ridley. I'm gambling on Tua at the minute. Being drafted as quarterback fourteen in round ten, absurd to me. I will take him in round ten. Thank you very much. And I'm certain he's going to finish above quarterback fourteen if he's healthy, which I think he will be. You look at some of his game log from last season: thirty-eight fantasy points, twenty-nine, twenty-four, twenty-three. You know, he had. When he popped off, he really popped off, and it's because of those two wide receivers that he's got. I think another year in the system, him kind of uh, learning to 
fall better I know that sounds stupid but he's learning to fall properly you know mm. not bang his head I, I, like I said before how much I want that Tua and Tyreek Hill stack Tua and Jalen Waddle stack won't be uh, a bad compromise to be honest with you I think in the 10th round you're getting a quarterback that I see as a definite QB1 and could I'm not saying that he's going to be around those top 4 guys but I am going to be drafting Tua with the expectation that he will be around the Herberts, the Lawrences, potentially even the Burrows, more than anything, just because of the players that he's throwing the ball to, you know. So I'm going to her as my value. Game late in your draft, you will not regret it. Mm. Lou, my second value pick. Uh, I'm gonna go with Xavier Kevin Flowers. Zay Flowers, Zay rookie Flowers, wide receiver okay, okay. for the Baltimore Ravens. Going right now is the wide receiver 53. ADP is pick 141. So that's around about the 12th round. Um, 12, 13, 14th round, you know. I, I think we all expect Lamar Jackson to have a bit of a bounce back year from previous underwhelming seasons. Uh, you know, teams committed its future to him. He's secured his big contract, so he, he can now play, like, untethered from from all those off-field issues. So, in turn, surely that must mean he's going to sustain a few relevant pass catchers this year, you know. Mark Andrews is a given. Great tight end. But if you're looking at the wide receiver room, I'm going to put my bet on Zay Flowers, the rookie, Statistically, since 2019, past four seasons, two rookie wide receivers per year have broken into the top 24 at the position by the end of the year. Flowers, he's already earned the nickname Joystick in training. Uh, we, you know, we've seen Lamar Jackson have success with a wide receiver of an incredibly similar build and skill set to Flowers in Hollywood Brown when he was there. And you know another aspect of my my confidence in Zay Flowers, um, and you know as a value of my skepticism is is my skepticism with the players around him in that wide receiver room. Now you got Rashad Bateman, who's going as the wide receiver seventy one, about two rounds later than Flowers, hasn't yet shown any signs of breaking out into the wide receiver that that sort of fantasy players have wanted him to be this sort of star, and he's he's had consistent injury struggles as well so I'm I'm sort of out on Bateman and if I'm sort of out on Bateman I'm completely and utterly out on Odell Beckham Jr you know I, can't, I couldn't be more out honestly he's been completely reached for at wide receiver 39 going in the 8th round Beckham he hasn't played a full league full league schedule since 2019 That when that was 16 games since then, he's had two torn ACLs and sat out a whole league season. He's also hasn't been fantasy relevant since he left New York. So since before 2019, never averaged more than 12 points per game in Cleveland or in LA. I'm not betting on that guy to be this team's number one wide receiver. No. Like, and if you, if you listen to any of the comments that Odell Beckham Jr. has made since training camp started, they don't sound good. No. He's like... I'm going to see how it goes this year and see what my future is. I don't want my wide receiver saying that. Mm. I don't want my wide receiver being like, I'll see if my body holds out for the year, and if, I, and if not, then that's that's a career. I want the young guys who are hungry for it, who you know haven't been 
smashed about the league. Yeah. Really. Um, so, yeah, to me, Flo is he's definitely the best bet to be the guy who can give you value in fantasy drafts, but also become a reliable week-to-week starter by the middle of the season. And if that is the case, if he is one of the two wide receivers to break in to that top 24 on average, then the 12th round is an absolute steal. So yeah. I'm I'm well in on flowers at that ADP. Yeah. Sharples? Uh, yep, I, uh, I've gone for a quarterback for my second pick. Um, and similar to, to what you thought about Tua, Al, I, th- I think this guy has the uh, potential to finish around that you know, QB 6 to 8 region, uh, round about where Justin Herbert's currently going. Um, and he did that last year. He finished QB 6 last year. It's Geno Smith. Uh, currently being drafted as a quarterback mm. 15, uh, all the way down in the uh, 11th, 12th round. Um, and I just think it's disrespectful. I mean, he was so consistent last year. He was QB6, and the only thing that's really changed is they've also they've added a first-round wide receiver draft pick to it. So, so for me, the weapons have just increased. Um, I don't think you're going to get those sort of um, high highs that you might get with, um, you know, a tour or a, or a field or obviously those elite quarterbacks. But um, what I noticed about him last year was just how, how steady he was. And if he can sort of come and give you 17, 18 points a game, which he did for most weeks last week, if you can get that down in the 12th round, I think you're absolutely laughing. Um, so, yeah, G- Geno Smith for me. Um, and, yeah, I can't believe he's going so low personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to put some respect on Geno Smith, to be fair. And like, yeah. as you're saying, those those weapons. <clears throat> I agree. It's like, yeah, you know, that that's when, like, the actual NFL draft is twofold. You could be, like, a bit gutted if you were, you know, if you were really high on DK Metcalf or something and be like, oh, bloody hell, well, they've just drafted this other wide receiver. But in the same breath, it's like, surely that means good things for Geno Smith. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. Well, that's going to... Uh do it for us chaps cool. thank you very much for joining and listening uh, we're going to have a quick turnaround for the next episode we want to get our rankings to you before you draft so uh, in the next week or so we're going to come at you with an episode with I think our top 10 at each position lads top 10 top 12 maybe obviously we have more extensive uh, rankings but we're going to try and compile them and come up with a an average and give you the best plays at each position in our opinion. Lou? Yeah, I agree with that. I just had a one final thought, really. Um, and this is directly aimed at the Indianapolis Colts owner. I just think he should take some advice that's built into his name and Jim or say less. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> We're ending it there. <laughs> We're ending it on that. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you very soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Washington Wanderers. <laughs>